Good morning. Impact. That's exciting. Let me start us off continuing in our time of worship with more prayer. Because we want to invite the Holy Spirit all the time. God, we thank you so much for this morning. For this time when we can be with you, with one another. With your Holy Spirit flowing in and around us and out from us. God, be glorified in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Just want to greet people that are online. Some of those people are my children whom I love. Hello, Karis. Hello, Gabe. Hello, Eden. Hello, Levi. I love my kids. They're awesome. And uh, because I love them, I give them rules. I say no. I say I tell them, don't hit your sister. Don't touch the hot stove. Put your dishes in the sink. No, you can't have chocolate for breakfast. Brush your teeth. You have to wear pants to church. And on and on and on. And my kids are only five and under, so some of you can educate me. But if I extrapolate how I parent now, this is what it's going to look like. I'm going to keep giving them more and more rules for each new context, each new place there, and I'm going to keep giving them more and more specific rules. When you're in ninth grade, when the teacher says this, you do this. And hopefully, by the time my kids are 18, they'll have thousands and thousands of rules that they know how to conduct themselves in every circumstance, in every situation, and they will no longer embarrass me. <laughs> Older parents, that, that's how it works, right? That's, that's what we do? No, that, that's not what we do. But now, my kids are young. And so I give them rules that they don't fully understand yet. I try to explain, but they don't get it yet. And that's okay. There are still those moments, these really special moments, when they do things that they weren't asked to do. I'm reminded of a couple times I was sick in bed, and I'm a huge baby when I'm sick. And Bethany was being so gracious and bringing me food uh, and medicine. And my oldest daughter, Karis, saw that. And she wanted to participate. So she would come in and be like, Daddy, I brought you medicine cake. <laughs> and the medicine was definitely chocolate. And it was delicious. But it, it was so sweet because she saw what Bethany was doing and she wanted to be a part of it. It wasn't a rule. It's not a, hey, Dad's sick. This is what we do. No, she saw Bethany do it and she wanted to do it too. Uh, my next oldest, Gabriel, I'll be out shoveling, and he loves, he'll grab a shovel and just come right in with me. It's like about this big, he can shovel about this much snow. But he loves to see what I'm doing and do it with me. And it's such, it's such a beautiful thing. It's so fun. Uh, the last one, I don't know if you saw a video that my family um, sent to church for Christmas Eve. And we said, hi, City Hill. We love you guys. Um, and... <laughs> Afterwards, my kids each insisted that they wanted to make their own video, starting with, hello, City Hill, and I don't have those with you, but I'll send them out sometime. If you want to see them, they're adorable. So each kid has their video of saying hi to all of you. But they saw Bethany and I doing that, and they wanted to do it with us. We're continuing on in our year, empowered by the Holy Spirit. 
as you saw that bumper, as it was amazing, Bobby and I didn't coordinate, Aaron and I didn't coordinate what, we were, what he was just saying. But the Holy Spirit and being led by the Holy Spirit. Last week, we heard Gary talk about how power comes from knowing you're under authority and then exercising that authority in the Spirit, right? We have exousia from God, which leads to, remember the word? Dunamis! You have to say it loudly because it's power, right? Dunamis, right? There you go. And I want to expand upon that. What else does it mean to be empowered by the Holy Spirit? Because it's not just this flashy power. And Gary talked about abiding, being under authority. And so I want to I further that by talking about being led by the Spirit. That's what today is all about, being led by the Holy Spirit. And what does that look like? The pattern that you saw me talk uh, through with my kids, starting with rules or laws, and moving into being led. That's the pattern we see in the Bible, right? Israel is even called God's son. So in the Old Testament, God's son, God's children are infants. They have laws, regulations. They don't fully understand them yet. But God is leading them out of love. And then we transition in, through Jesus into being led. And now, as Aaron wonderfully put it in worship, we are led by the Holy Spirit. It's important to always look to Jesus, right? Jesus is the answer. He's, he's not the squirrel. He's, it's Jesus. It's the center. He's always the answer. So I want to pull up a couple cases to show that Jesus, God incarnate, was led by the Spirit. And his life is a pattern that we should model. So here's a couple scriptures that, that show that out. So this is the main passage, John 5, 19 through 20. Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all that he himself is doing. And greater works than these will he show him, so that you may marvel. Right? That's that picture of Gabe coming out and shoveling with me. He's doing what he sees me doing. And that's what we are to, called to do as Christians, because that's what Jesus did. Right? King of kings, Lord of lords, Everything was created by him, for him, in him, with him. All the prepositions, everywhere a cat can go. Jesus. And yet, he only does what he sees the Father doing. That's wild, but that's the model that he gives to us. Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit into the works of the Father. And let it be so with us. If you jump just a a couple verses earlier... You see uh, Jesus approaching, uh, this is John 5, 2 through 6, if you have in your Bible. Um, He's approaching a multitude of invalids, those who are blind, lame, sick. Multitudes. He approaches one. He says, do you want to be healed? It doesn't say, Jesus, full of power, walked in and just healed everybody. No, he saw what his father was doing, healing this one, and he did it. If you jump to Luke 4.1, and Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, 
returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. The Mark account said he was drove by the Spirit into the wilderness. Note again, it doesn't say Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, superpower, God-man, goes to battle Satan of his own accord. No, he was led by the Spirit. Moving on to Luke 8, 42. And Jesus went, the people pressed around him, and there was a woman who had a, a discharge of blood for 12 years. And though she had spent all her living on physicians, she could not be healed by anyone. She came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment, and immediately her discharge of blood ceased. And Jesus said, who was it that touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowds surround you and are pressing in on you. Basically, everyone's touching you, Jesus. But Jesus said, Someone touched me, for I perceive that power has gone out from me. Now, what he didn't say, he didn't say, I, in my almighty divinity, see everyone around me, and when this woman touched me, I said, Be healed. He said, Perceive power has gone out from me. The Spirit was at work in, through, and around him and was leading him, even Jesus. And the kicker, the most important one, Luke twenty-two forty-two. 42. Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Creator of the universe, one who created the hill that he was killed on, said, not my will, but yours. He was led by the Spirit to do the works of the Father, and let it be so with us. And we continue on. Right? Jesus died, was resurrected. The apostles, or the disciples becoming the apostles, are freaked out. They don't know what to do, what's happening. Jesus comes back, and he says, wait, you're going to get the Holy Spirit. So they wait in Jerusalem, and then the Holy Spirit falls at Pentecost. And this is when we see that just like Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit, the disciples were led by the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit falls at Pentecost. People from all different languages and all different places speak in tongues, and then they go home, and they carry the Spirit that's fallen on them with them. If you've ever wondered why when the um, apostles go out, they find already existent churches and already existent believers, it's because the Spirit was already moving well before the apostles, well before Paul. The Spirit was already, we're, we're going. The Spirit was leading. And Acts, <clears throat> generally called the Acts of the Apostles, but I really think you could rename it something like the Apostles wildly chased the Holy Spirit around the world. I think that's accurate. But I'll just jump around here and give you some examples. Acts 8, moving through Acts. Acts 8, Philip's get sent, Philip gets sent by the Spirit down a desert road, middle of nowhere. Go here. So he goes, okay. He encounters 
someone from the ends of the earth at that time who just happened to be reading the word of God and asks, how can, how can I know what it says unless someone explains it to me? So the Spirit led him to then convert and baptize the Ethiopian eunuch. And there's many African churches that give their heritage back to that, that, that event. And then after that, we know Philip was teleported magically to somewhere else. So the Spirit is, go here, go here, teleporting. We move on to Acts 9. The Spirit goes, Ananias, there's someone who's murdering your brothers, but I'm moving there. Okay, he's going to come to you. Pray for him to be healed. He's going to know how much I want him to suffer for me. That's where I'm moving, Ananias. Ananias isn't going to choose that, right? That's not, that's not a good plan. Hey, person who will probably murder me, let me heal you. No, but the Holy Spirit was leading. The Holy Spirit's leading this whole thing. Then on to Acts 10. The Gentiles who are not God's people, who are not holy, Holy Spirit says, we're going there. We're going to the Gentiles. Hey, Peter, get on board. That's where we're going. We're going to the Gentiles. I'm leading here. Everyone, get on board. Jumping to Acts 13, the Holy Spirit says, okay, we got to move. Set apart Paul and Barnabas and go. And on and on and on. We see all through Acts, the disciples were led by the Spirit, Wildly, all over the place, right? In storms and shipwrecks, you see many times they go to a city and the Holy Spirit says, nope, not here. Or, hey, go here. Paul, he, he has a plan. You know, we like to have plans. I like to have plans. We like to say, okay, this is the vision. This is where we're going. This is what we want to accomplish. Now let's do it. Let's get some measurables in here and let's accomplish it. I like doing that. It's very helpful for communication and organization. Paul had that plan, right? He wanted to go to Spain. That's a different message. But they were following the Holy Spirit all over the place. We are a New Testament church. It's one of our first values. So we, corporately, need to be led by the Holy Spirit. Right now, the elders are in a process of looking at vision and DNA of the church. What is God, where is God calling us? Where has God called us to be? What is our identity in Christ? Where do we see the Spirit moving, and where can we participate? And again, does that mean that we're not going to have specific goals, specific measurables, an action plan? No, we will, because that's good communication, right? right when... when <laughs> When God was calling Philip to walk down the road, right? Philip had to coordinate his legs to walk, right? We think it's so simple. Moving a body, it's a little bit trickier. It requires that coordination. But we, as a church, must be led by the Spirit. And you might say, okay, hold on a second. That sounds dangerous. <laughs> that sounds dangerous. What about, what about all these these rules? What about all these laws? And we can jump back into Acts and see the disciples had the same concern. Like, guys, we're, we're, the Holy Spirit's moving in the Gentiles. Are you sure? I don't, what, like, what? They have the Jerusalem Council in Acts 15. 
and they look back into the law, into Scripture, and say, oh, it was here all along. It was here all along. And I hope and I pray that my children, when they look back as they walk into being led by my wife and I and step into their own, that they look back on the rules that we gave them and say, oh, it was here all along. Because Jesus said, I've come not to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. The law has ended because it's fulfilled. In the leading of the Holy Spirit, you will be led in ways that align with Scripture. And it's so important. Yeah, we're going to be going all over the place. Let's do it. Let's follow the Holy Spirit. But check in with Scripture because where the Holy Spirit leads you will be in alignment with his word because God... God doesn't change. His love is constant. Let's look at the flip side. What if we weren't led by the Spirit? What does that look like? What? There's a, a great example. Peter was told by God through the Spirit that Jesus was the Christ, was the Messiah, was the Son of God. And Jesus said, yes, you're being led by my Father through the Spirit. You got it. But then in the very next chapter, Peter is listening instead to Satan. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. Nah, you didn't hear that. You didn't hear that from God. You didn't hear that in the Spirit. That should give us a little bit of pause because we want to we follow the Spirit. But how do we, how do we know? How do we listen? And what happens if we don't? The National Cancer Institute, cancer.gov, has, uh, has this on their webpage. Cancer cells differ from normal cells in many ways that allow them to grow out of control and become invasive. One important difference is that cancer cells are less specialized than normal cells. That is, whereas normal cells mature into very distinct cell types with specific functions, cancer cells do not. This is one reason that unlike normal cells, cancer cells continue to divide without stopping. In addition, cancer cells are able to ignore signals that normally tell cells to stop dividing or that begin a process known as programmed cell death called apoptosis, which the body uses to get rid of unneeding into the distinct and specialized calling that they were made for. They ignore what the head and body are telling them. But they think we're doing great. We're growing. We're doing what we're told to do. They're killing the body. We have many people in our congregation battling cancer right now. And if you think that I'm minimizing the devastation, pain, and evil wrought by cancer by using it as a sermon illustration, I would suggest that maybe you're minimizing the devastating effects of parts of the church not being led by the Holy Spirit. We must be led corporately by the Spirit. We must be led individually by the Holy Spirit. So what does it look like? 
What does it look like if we're not an invasive species trying to grow on our own power and running into other people in the church and other churches malignantly? What is it supposed to look like? Got three things for you. It looks like being under authority and having authority. I'm not going to get into this because Gary did last week. So if you missed it, go onto YouTube and check this out. If you're being led by the Spirit, you know the authority you're under and you know the authority you have. And you use it because you were led into using it. The second one, it looks like adoption. Romans 8, 14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption by Abba, Father. The Spirit himself, be our children of God and of Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may Being in a family, when I come home to my kids, when they come home, they know they belong. They know they're welcome. They know every rule that I have for them is because I love them, because they're in. In the same way, when we're led by the Spirit, the Spirit is going to lead us individually to be part of a family, to be connected with one another. Look at the spiritual gifts, the spiritual fruit. It all is about connectedness and being together, being part of the body. So when we're led, it will lead you to be together. This may be a little bit more challenging, but the same is true corporately. If we, as a corporate church, are being led, it will also connect us with other believers, other churches, other denominations. If we're all being led by the Spirit, it will lead us together to be adopted. And what else does that mean? So something it says in here, you've received the spirit of adoption as sons. Ladies, you're sons too. You've probably heard this before, right? Ladies, you're sons. Guys, you're sons. This is not about gender. This is about inheritance. In this time, firstborn son inherited more. Continue the patriarchy. Got the blessing, right? As Brian read from Colossians, Jesus was the firstborn of all creation. That was important. In the same way, we're adopted in, not just as 10th child, yeah, we remember your name some of the time, but yeah, you're kind of in, as co-heirs, as firstborn sons. Co-heirs with Christ. Whatever Christ inherits, you inherit. Guess what that is? Everything. The world, the nations, everything. When we're led by the Spirit, it looks like adoption to be together and to inherit the promises of God. Finally, being led by the Spirit looks like freedom. We sing that, right? Where the Spirit of the Lord is. Galatians 5.18. But if you are led by the Spirit, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not have to worry in the same way about don't touch the stove. Put your dishes away. And jumping back and forth between what people will think of me and what do I need to do. It means freedom. 
Are you led by the Spirit? Do you see that in your life? Do you walk in that freedom? Or are you beating yourself up every time you're late to read your Bible? Are you walking in that adoption? Do you feel welcome here? Are you connecting with people? Are you reaching out? Do you know the promises that are given to you? Do you own those? How about authority? Do you know the authority you're under? And do you know the authority you have? Do you use it? This is our year of being empowered by the Holy Spirit. And that means being led by the Spirit. Let it be so with us. Let it be so with us. We have our impact conference coming up. The theme is, as you saw, empowered. Empowered by the Holy Spirit. It's the theme of this year. It's the theme of impact. And I want to I preview that. On the Saturday night of impact, it's be March 6th, we're going to have a worship night, a night of sitting, waiting, crying out, worshiping God, and inviting in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And I want to encourage you, even right now, take time to pray, to listen, to fast, as Gary was talking about last week, Look around you. Look at what God is doing in your family. Look at what God is doing in your own heart. Look at what God is doing in your job, where you're working. Look at what God is doing in your communities. Watch and listen. Pray about that. Say, God, is this you moving? What are you doing? Let's start to be aware of what's happening, aware of what the Spirit is doing so that we can jump in and be led and on that Saturday, we want that, we want that to be the culmination. We want to be, that's the, that's the time when we come and all the things that we've heard before God and say, God, we're led by you. Send us out. Send us out. He may call us all over the world. He may, he may send you on a desert road and then teleport you somewhere. That'd be crazy, but awesome. Maybe he's called you to be right there in your family for your children, and that is where he is calling you and empowering you. Maybe he has called you, maybe into your work, into whatever your vocation is, whether you sweep floors or, or teach or you're retired or you're a grandparent or you're a stay-at-home parent or whatever you do, whatever you find to do. Where is the Spirit moving there? Where is he leading you? Let's be open, let's be aware, and let's press into it. Because that river of life, it overflows. It doesn't just hang out here. It goes, and it goes, and we follow, and we chase, and we're led by the Spirit. It was so with Jesus, so with the disciples, and let it be so with us. Thanks.
as Pastor Matt was preaching, I was thinking, what would it look like if every morning you woke up and said, Lord, lead me today. Holy Spirit, guide me today. I, I'm, and you had that expectation that God would speak to you. Maybe something just of the step off your course. You're walking and the Lord says, go, just say something over there. Or give somebody a call, send a text. Whatever that might be, imagine how God would just give us more and more. I wonder how many times the Lord has tried to speak to me and I'm just so, I've got my agenda, I've got my calendar to that said, Lord, speak to me today. I think of the scripture that says, speak, Lord, thy servant. May we be those that would have that attitude and that ear that would listen to the Holy Spirit leading in our life. If we did that, man, we'd, we'd rock this city. We'd see things happen if we had that attitude. So let's pray into that as we end. Holy Spirit, we ask you to, we invite you to clean out our spiritual ears, Lord. That our ears would be attuned to hear you and be open to obey. If you said, go out to the desert, would we actually do that? God, we want to have that heart that would just say, Lord, throughout the day, we want to hear you, learn to really hear the leading of